And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms of apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the 17th edition of Red Side and the Trent. And again, we come with good positivity after Forest claimed four points from the possible six out of the two fixtures they had on hand to them. The first was a 0-0 draw with Preston at Deepdale. And the second was a 2-0 victory over Bristol City, which was about as routine as it gets. And... It's still quite unnerving to see Forrest do things professionally and not really give the fans anything to worry about. Um, we'll start with that Bristol City game, uh, Reese, and it was pretty much total domination from the get-go, wasn't it? Like Forrest never looked in any danger of conceding. They never, you know, they just it was very professional. Go out, win the game two 0 job done. Like we all said, like in our prediction, pretty much if we turn up, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean. Bristol City didn't offer anything at all, did he? I can't even remember Horvath making a save. Um, and the early stages of the game, he looked a bit nervy on the ball. So I was a bit surprised that they, they didn't put a bit more pressure on. But we started really well. And once we got once we got the goal, the first goal, you just kind of think, don't you, as a Forest fan, oh, we, we need that second. And even when you get the second, then it's like, oh, we need that third. But... <laughs> Yeah, they just didn't offer anything Bristol City. And once we did get the second, it it was just it just was a carbon copy for me. The Preston game earlier on in the season where we literally didn't have to get out of first gear to beat them, and and they once that second went in, they just looked like a team going through the motions. Who probably know they're going to stay up bar losing every single game and know that they're not going to get in the playoffs. Yeah, even then, so. Yeah, like you say, Christian's routine as you get. Um, Forest were good in spells and they did what they needed to do to get the result. And if we can have another load of them before the end of the season, it would be very nice indeed. Happy days if we can, definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, Lee, obviously, I know obviously uh, we need to talk about opposition keepers. Uh, it seems that Dan Bentley is a new Dean Gherkin and that whenever he plays Forest, he pulls out performance of the top draw. And yes, there was no exception. I mean, um, he made at least three outstanding saves uh, I thought I mean the one from Davis from the corner uh, on the six yard box I've no idea how he kept that out personally um, again it's it, surely if we're working the keeper to that magnitude it's surely a good thing yeah massively I mean I said during the game I remember Bentley last year uh, in the iFollow era um, we <laughs> actually battered Brist- under, it was under Sabri I think it was Sabri's last game if I remember rightly um, and Freeman scored that worldy to get us back into it and then 
we absolutely battered. If it had been a boxing match, the towel would have come in. Um, we absolutely battered them, but Bentley just kept plucking them out of the top corner. Um, and I must admit, when he the first one I think was from Spence when he cut inside, it was a good save. And then I thought, well, he can't keep making them all afternoon. And then he goes and pulls that one from, I think it was Cook. And straight away, I just thought, here we go again. Goalkeeper's going to have a worldie. Nil-nil draw, playoff dreams in tatters. But um, luckily, <laughs> luckily we did we did keep peppering. And um, I don't know, we've got the players now, haven't we? I think where if, um, if we keep knocking on the door, then... You know, I know we go back to the Huddersfield game a little bit where it was just what it was literally one of those nights. But I think I always thought yesterday that we'd have lots of chances and um, eventually we, we did get the goals. So, so yeah, it was good. It was good to see us keep trying and, you know, get the reward for our efforts. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, the first goal uh, was obviously from Brennan Johnson, uh, who's in a very uh, sort of purple vein of form at the minute. Really, um, really looking very strong. And I mean, I guess it was a bit for uh, Adam, maybe a little bit fortuitous uh, in terms of style rather than on balance of play. Because obviously we were very much dominant side. I mean, it might have taken a nick, it might not have done. It looked like Bentley was sort of confuddled a little bit. But um, obviously we'll take them as it comes. And you have to say very much um, just desserts for his uh, effort again, Johnson. Yeah, definitely. I think if you don't shoot, you don't score. And we were, we were very much on that kind of hit was at least it was hitting the target, do you know what I mean? A lot of times when you get Forrest having a lot of efforts on goal, we're not hitting the target, we're not testing the keeper. And I think David uh, Daniel Bentley uh earned his wage packet yesterday, although he conceded two goals. He couldn't really help either of them, I don't think. But yeah, it was good. Um, I think Johnson kind of hit that with a bit of a, a fury seeming and he did he it was a dubious call whether he was diving or it was a foul. Uh, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about that in a little bit. But, yeah, it was good good to get that goal. It was a bit flat yesterday. I think that kind of gave everyone a bit of a lift because it was kind of like, is it going to come today or is it not? Um, so, yeah, it was good good that we, we we got ahead. And then it just it was just very routine. It was it turned into a bit of a training game once we got that second goal. Um, I thought, I don't know what, what you guys thought, but, yeah, it was, a, it was very flat because Bristol City just offered absolutely nothing. It does seem they're very much on the beach, isn't it? Now, I mean, like we're saying, I mean, they're like twenty-three points clear or something ridiculous from Barnsley. So they're not going to go there, or they're not going down or anything like that. Or it's, yeah, it's an obscene points so it's going to be twenty-three. But they're just very much like, like Reece said, going through the motions. They're not going to go up. They're not going to go down. Um, they might obviously have point deductions next season, but that's next season's problem. So they're just, they're just existing at the minute, which is a uh, you know, season over in March territory. But um, Obviously, the Ghana goal I thought uh, Reese was very good. Like I really like the way that you know it's almost he's almost come a bit of an unsung hero. We said this in the pod before in terms of um, Max Lowe, because Spence on the other side hogs all the plaudits because of how strong he is and how you know, dominant he is with the ball and his dribbling. But uh, the the the, um, the vision for Lowe to pick him out like, the way he did and the way he worked it with McKenna I thought was um, really good football from Forrest. Yeah, that was a brilliant that was a brilliant goal. Um... We'll give a bit of balance and say, from their perspective, Bristol City is far too easy. Um, you know, lovely play from us, but you know, they, they just let us. You know, for a, a centre back to be overlapping, you know, I'll, just poor, awful defending from them. But yeah, lovely goal from us, and we punished them. And Garner literally, he put that away like he was potting a 
a pot in a, a rad into the corner on a snooker table. So, um, I, I know people who follow me on Twitter and listen to this podcast. I mean, I, I can't keep finding the words to, to um, praise James Garner because he, he's he's just different level. He, he really is. Um, I think it's fair to say Cole back in Yates are more like kind of destroy his players and they're probably similar ability, but Garner's Premier League quality, in my opinion, his energy and his composure, just getting around the pitch. And, it, and to, you know, he's a young lad, he likes to get stuck in as well. You know, that's something he doesn't really get, not a lot of people mention, but he's not frightened to go into a challenge and get himself, put himself about, so... You know, he's, I think he's one of them players like Spence as well. You kind of just got to, we've got to enjoy why we've got him, um, you know, and you hope that quality can get us into the playoffs and, not, of course, get us to the uh, promised land. But I've just run out of expletives to and McKenna, McKenna as well. And like you say, Max Lowe, another unsung hero, seven out of ten every game. You know what you're going to get. You're not going to probably get the explosion explosiveness like you get with Spence but he's solid every game and you know McKenna's player of the season I think we've all said that but we'll we'll see what happens with that Definitely yeah I mean it was interesting as well because um, Lee we sort of we reverted uh, back to a 3-4-3 against Bristol City you know fair enough we didn't have to work for it particularly hard but um, as opposed to the 3-4-1-2 against Preston but it did seem to change the shape gave Forrest a much greater level of balance compared to uh, Tuesday night, which we'll come on to in a bit. But... Yeah, it did. I, I, I've said for a while on this podcast now that I just think we're with the players we've got, you've got to kind of set up to accommodate your better players, uh, your goal scorers, your match winners. And, you know, the first name on the team sheet when it comes to doing that at the moment is Brennan Johnson. And I just think if you're playing a more kind of rigid 4 2 3 1, he's, he's far too easy to kind of, and it's no slight on Brennan Johnson, but he's far too easy for the opposition to kind of get him out of the game. Um, and I think we saw yesterday with his goal, to be honest. Um, my mate actually said at the time, I think the left-back had been booked pretty early on for Bristol City. And then Johnson seemed to sort of roam more central away from him. And I think he said, you know, why is he doing that when he's on a booking, get him, he needs to be floating wide, linking up with Spence. And literally within five minutes of us saying that, he'd, he'd floated out wide again and he's putting the ball in the net. So... Yeah, for, for me, the three four three just gives us so much uh, more opportunity to get Johnson involved. Um, and obviously, we, we're all seeing with our own eyes what, what he's bringing to the table at the minute. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and like you said, he probably is the first name on the team sheet. But one other um, issue for the team sheet is who plays. And Adam, obviously, yesterday it was Yates who got dropped. And obviously, Yates got dropped against Stoke. And it's always going to be, no matter who gets dropped, one of those things where it's like, if you lose and Yates is dropped or draw and he has to come on and it's sort of like, oh, we should have started. And if we win, it's, oh, who cares? But the big question is, what would you say is our best midfield pairing that we have available to us? Garner and Colback. It's Garner and Colback. That's pretty. I mean, it's a, no hesitation. I, I, play, no, I play a lot of poker and that is a snap call Garner <laughs> and Colback. And it's, it's no disrespect to Ryan Yates. I, I'm, I'm someone who will hold my hands up and say at the start of the season was not his biggest fan. And I think all, all four of us will agree with that. And I think a good 20,000 people probably would in the city ground. 
Mm. He has, however, come on leaps and bounds under Cooper's uh, leadership and um, obviously a better brand of football that's obviously getting the best out of, out of Ryan Yates. But on a, on a quality level of uh, getting the ball down, giving it to a red shirt and uh, offering that little bit more quality, Garner and, and Colback are hands down better. They've both played. Uh, I mean, I know Garner's not played uh, uh, in the Premier League uh, yet, but he, he's going to. And he's played yeah, for England. Yeah, words. Yeah. Colback's played in the Premier League for Sunderland, Newcastle. Um, I mean, can you really argue against him? He's, he's championship quality. He's been there and got the T-shirt. Uh, Yates does off, offer that bit different. He, ca- he he does get into like good positions. Don't get me wrong, and he can get on the end of things. He's his fifty p head does acknowledge that because he just get he's like a magnet uh, from set pieces. He just get on the end of everything, and if he can like convert those half chances into a lot more goals, he becomes more of a threat and he's more of an asset to us. But just as a footballing side that wants to play out from the back, get on the ball them two are miles ahead of him, unfortunately, because as we'll come on to the Preston game, there was a, a big obvious where his turning circles of that of a double-decker bus in Victoria Centre. Like, I don't I don't understand what people are seeing. I don't know how you can confuse passion with quality. It's always been that way. And it's, it, it literally always has been that way. It doesn't matter whether it's Academy Kid or not. I remember even... Um, Marcus Tugge, for example, who ran around a lot but was fucking useless and was the reason we nearly went down. He wasn't scoring goals, but oh, he works really hard. Like, it should be a minimum requirement for footballer. You work hard. Yeah. Um, Garner and Colback do that 10 times anyway. You, I mean, I've, exactly. You're yeah. in Garner loses the ball. You can see like this hangry kid is running after someone like he's going to absolutely chop him. And he normally does, to be honest. So, yeah, that's just, that's just my opinion. It's going to sound a bit harsh. And those people who are really big Brian Yates fans, are going to have their say, but I don't actually care, so I'm not bothered. It's weird because I think, um, in, especially even, I think against physical teams who play airborne, I think it's good to play Yates. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually, I'll go as far as saying I don't think I've ever seen someone at Forest time his leap and jump as well as Yates. The issue is I've never seen anyone as bad in the air as Yates in terms of directing his heads, and <laughs> both of them can be the same. Like it is true. If, uh, if getting Duncan Ferguson as a heading coach, he'd be worth about fifteen million pounds. But um, on that topic, uh, so Lee and Reese, obviously, uh, it's quite an open question of the best midfield pairing. Who would you two both go for? We'll start with uh, Lee first. Um, I can't believe we're not including Cafu in the conversation. <laughs> I, I am joking. I mean, by you the can. Way. It, was a, it was an open question. I, I didn't say. Who, yeah, no. I think I think I've literally just sat there listening to what Adams just said there, and I've found myself nodding at every single bit of it. To be honest, um, again, I hold my hands up. To this day, I'm still I'm still not convinced that a promotion winning side will have Ryan Yates playing 35 plus games in it. That's just my opinion. I, I, Similar to what Adam said, that if someone disagrees with it, I just don't care. Um, I mean, you can you can throw all the stats at me you like. Ultimately, he's played 114 times for us. Um, I know David Johnson said last week he sees a situation where he's going to score double figures. Well, until he sorts his 50p head out, he's got absolutely no chance. Because like you've just said, Christian, he's brilliant at getting into the box and timing his run to perfection. But in 114 games, he's not got any more clinical in front of goal. Um, so I'd, I'd, he brings something to the table. He brings a lot of passion, a lot of drive, a lot of determination. 
But ultimately, chuck a Forest shirt on any of us four and we will bring all of those qualities to the table. Um, I just think you look at Garner, Man United, Wizkid, he's, he's probably going to play for Man United. I think he is that good. I mean... Yeah, I'd agree. He, he, I know that... I almost feel like I owe James Garner an apology because I sat here on this podcast and said that he'd probably get recalled or we'd send him back so Cooper could use the space. Now, since I think it was the Reading game, since he came on as a sub in the Reading game, he's been absolutely undroppable. He's been really turned the corner and, and just kicked on. Uh, I mean, Garner, if you like, has done what we all hoped um, Ryan Yates would do, just produce two solid months where he's absolutely class, two or three solid months where he's absolutely class. And... There's always the Preston game, I always think, where he drops one of those in and he wasn't very good. Steve Cooper clearly didn't think he was very good at Preston because he didn't play him yesterday. Um, and, and Jack Colback's just, he's got all the quality, those qualities that I've just mentioned that everyone says Yates has got. Jack Colback's got those as well. Um, it looks like he gives a toss, puts himself about. I mean, the notion that he can't defend, I don't know where to start with that one. So I'm just going to brush that one under the carpet. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's hands down uh, Jack Colback and James Garner uh, at the minute. And last, my name is least. Reese, what's your view on the Forest <laughs> bench? <laughs> <laughs> Harry's Ford and uh, Jada. <laughs> you forgot one name, Christian. That's Harry Arter. What are you, what are you oh, talking yeah, about? Of um, God, how do I follow that from Leonard <laughs> Adam? Um, Just smile um, and wave, Reese. Yeah, I think I think it's fair to say Garner's the best centre midfielder at the club. I know he's not ours, but you know, with respect to his other centre mids, Garner will go on to play in the Prem. Um, we haven't seen, apart from like Yates and uh, Colback, we haven't seen much of the others, like Ayedo and Fornes. You can't really comment on them. Yeah, I mean, my two would be Colback and Garner. I think Garner's. A certain minute, and then you'd switch between Colback and Yates, and that that seems to become the new Yates slash Carvalho debate now. Um, you either got to be Yates or a Colback fan. Um, you know, you, you can you can a manager like Steve Cooper, like I put yesterday, he'll interchange him because he he says this thing about not having you know sub. It's about having game people who can call in and finishes and who can finish the game. And Yates, come on yesterday. So, and there will be a time when he'll, he'll probably prefer Yates to Colback. So, um, <laughs> I'm not going to start going. I'm not. I'm not. The, I'm not going to sit here and wax lyrical about Ryan Yates. I'm not his biggest fan. He's been very good since um, Cooper's come in, but you know, so has pretty much everybody. Um, and that's that's just an opinion. Um, you know, I know people get a bit. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Protective. Uh, yeah, protective. That's it, mate. Protective over, if, over Yates, but it's all down. It's all down to opinions. I'm not gonna. There is aspects of Yates's game that he can improve on. There is aspects of Colback's game he can improve on. But I'm not gonna sit here and slate either of them. If it was up to me, it would be Colback and Garner. But you know. You know, Yates has been very good on the Cooper as well. But so, yeah, it's just, I'm just going to add a bit of balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm just reeling from Adam and Lee's comments. So, yeah. Um, I think one I, final I, thing I, one final thing I would just add on it is that at the end of the day, we all support Forrest. We all want the same yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah Ryan, Ryan Yates yeah. is essentially one of us. 
I, mm. I would happily sit on this podcast in weeks, years time and say, do you know what? I was wrong. He's actually really, really good. And he's, he's shown to me that he can play in the Premier League. But it's just, it's just my opinion that it's just not quite there yet with him. And I just think we've got, at the minute, two better central midfielders at the club than him. We all like sat on this podcast at the start of the season and criticised him and rightly so at the time. And he's you know, proved his half wrong, to be honest, because he's come in, Cooper's come in and he's improved like the rest of the team. And you, you can't take that away from him. Um, I just, me personally, I'm happy to let Steve Cooper manage. You know, he's, he's come in really, I know fans, you, you're going to get it because that's football. You're going to get people saying about the team section, but Cooper knows what he's doing. I'm, I'm happy to him to manage how he, what he feels best personally. No, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, I, I, I can sort of agree with most of you to be fair. Again, my third midfield would be Garner and Colback by a long way. But I do think, like I said, there are, there will be games and there are times where, I would want Yates to be starting purely because of his aerial threat and because of his tenacity, because he is, you know, he does, um, like, like like you said, he is one of us. And there are times where you can see he clearly means a hell of a lot to be playing for Nottingham Forest. And, you know, he does put himself out in a way that, you know, you can see why there, there are his little fan club, if you like, because he does give everything he has, but also likely say so with any of us. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly a good discussion for Cooper to have, or a good dilemma for him to have even, because if you've got three firing central midfielders and you've only got two slots, it gives you a good selection headache, as opposed to I've got <laughs> two slots and three midfielders who aren't performing. What do I do? So okay. it's better to have it this way around than the other way. Definitely. I mean, it'll be back in the team Friday because, you know, I can't see Lorraine is not, played a minute for us yet he's not even on the bench so I think he'll put Cole back at left back and obviously Yates will slot in naturally to centre yeah, mid so that will happen yeah you know, and to be fair away from home his, his tenacity and his energy and that of you know getting a bit more stuck in and that will probably probably suits his game a bit more so yeah definitely yeah on, on, um, on the like, final um, note as well I just wanted to add about Zinkenagel's role in all this because yesterday he, he plays that role of he kind of floats left wing and right wing and centrally, doesn't he? He's like we we kind of are playing like a two up top, really. Um, but we tend to try and overload those wide areas. I think at home, and I think at home, if you start playing Garner, Colback, and Yates in centre mid at home to Bristol City, I think fans start going, "Hang on a minute, we're going back to yesteryear yeah. where we're not yeah, part yeah. of that now." It's positive. So unfortunately, someone has to drop out. I, I, we've all said it. I just think I, I think we all agree that those two on a football purist opinion, they they are better on the ball. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. No, that's a fair point. And ultimately, the main job of midfield is to keep the ball. So, yeah. Um, one final thing on the um, Bristol City game before we move on to the fun topic of Preston. Uh, as Adam mentions, um, Lee, there was a penalty call. Um, on Johnson and then he got booked for descent not long after um, just wanted your take on the whole sort of 30 seconds or so that took place yeah I thought it was pretty easy um, referee got it spot on on both counts I thought um, I think that the key factor for me is that Johnson's overrun the ball uh, I'm not saying that if you overrun the ball then the defenders just don't you know allow, almost got a free pass to just clobber someone and bring them down but Nah, Johnson knows what he's doing. He, he knows that it's a poor touch. He knows it's got away from him. He kind of, 
I think uh, Dean Ashton came up with a good analogy on uh, the Quest programme. Um, he said he did a Jamie Vardy special. He, he left his leg in, basically, Johnson did. So that the con- he almost instigated the contact, I thought. Um, and then he's got the ball in his hands and he just slams it into the floor. I mean, if you're going to do that, do it when the referee's got his back turned, not when he's looking straight at you. Um, the, the referee will be happy if his, all his cautions are that straightforward. So, yeah, I think I actually thought the referee was probably the best we've seen all season at Forest yesterday. It wasn't a particularly challenging game, but as we've seen before, some of the, the championship guys can make the most routine games look like Liverpool v Arsenal for, for the title decider. So, yeah, I thought it was good uh, and I thought he got uh, those bits absolutely spot on. Fair enough, yeah. Okay, um, moving on to the Preston game. Uh, obviously, it was a 0-0 draw and it's fair to say, I mean, I'm looking at my notes here, I just got fucking shambles from the 10th minute. Um, and that's probably, the, even that, I still think that's polite, really. Uh, Reese, what was your take on the game? <laughs> I'm still reeling from Lee saying Dean Ashton said something decent of no. <laughs> yeah, so. <I> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> on the on the face of the game, if you'd not watched the game, you'd have been like, "Oh, that's that's a decent point." And to be fair, especially with how the game did pan out, it was a very good point. It just mm. it was just such an unlike Cooper performance, and Cooper seemed to just taking the Chris Hutton role on the night. And it was a bit strange for him that, you know, he, with his modern thinking and that, he always looks to tinker and change and he didn't seem to want to do it at Preston um, unless he, you know, thought something in his mind that we had enough to go on and win the game on the counter or whatever. But no, it, it was a disappointing performance we were, I think most everybody, well, not everybody, but most would have probably accepted it was a decent point away from home um, at Preston. Um, because, you know, they've come on the horizon a little bit. I think it was in the top half when we did play them. Um, but, yeah, just a, just the performance just stumped the place hard, didn't it, really? It's but terrible. And yeah. Annoyingly, the most annoying thing about it was someone gambles at the end for Spence and we win the game and it was a tap-in. Mm. Um, and that would have literally been an absolute robbery. But, you know, we're not we're not in the business of football to be nice. That but, is very true. Um, disappointing performance, but playing well and getting a point like that, yeah, we'll take it every day of the week. Yeah, I think it looks a better point now than it did at the time because we yeah. won yesterday. We backed it so back you, you, yesterday with a win. Yeah, yeah. If you look at it, like, again, if you go to any two-game um, week and you go get four points from that, everyone's happy with that. You have for two points a game. Do that over the course of the season, you go up top two. That's, that's just how the stats and league work. So it is a good point now, but honestly, fucking Jesus, it was bad. Um, it, but it seemed, um, Lee, the turning point um, of the game, because obviously we flew out the block, so we started brilliantly well for us. We looked, I, I started watching, thinking, oh, fucking hell, here we go. We turned this lot over. And then it seemed to hinge on a Davis penalty appeal, which I mean, the guy on Sky was like, oh, you know, it's a bit soft. And I thought, well, is it? Um, but anyway, after that, we just seemed to lose all rhythm momentum and just felt a bit. But did you think it was a penalty? I mean, I wasn't entirely sure it was inside a box, to be honest, but I don't I know, th- it was either a foul or a dive, surely. I thought it was a foul. Um, and now, where I do have a bit of sympathy is that it took me... I could, I can still be watching it now and I'm not sure whether it's in or out. Um, mm. It's a difficult one. I thought it was a foul. I definitely thought it was a foul. Um, 
I just think in that situation, I'll tell you what gave it away for me. Uh, I think it was Vandenberg, wasn't it? On loan from Liverpool who committed the foul. Yeah. His arms went straight up in the air. Now, if you've... I mean, I can't believe... I think it happened to Watford and Man United yesterday. Um, one of the Watford defenders went straight through the back of Ronaldo and his first thought was just throw both, both hands in the air. I mean, at any level of football, that's just your telltale sign. The defendant thinks, oh, shit, I've, I've really dropped a bollock here and throws his arms into the air. And I, I just... The player reaction said to me on the night with the Preston one that almost everyone on the pitch thought it was a foul except for the one man who we needed to think it was a foul. Um, I mean, I just in that situation, if he doesn't think, if he's not convinced it's in, I'd rather he sort of just give the foul and give us a free kick to at least acknowledge that he's given something. But yeah, I thought that was a pretty bad one, to be honest. I mean, I'm not going to use that as an excuse because I think if it, if it had been clear in the penalty area, I'd have been a bit more incensed. But mm. it was one of them. We were absolutely rubbish. Um and there's no no one else to blame, really. So, yeah, I did think it was a foul, but I'm, I'm still not convinced whether it was actually in the box or not. No, that's fair enough. I think, again, I agree with you. You can't, you know, if, you, if you're blaming the ref for a, bat, for a loss, then you haven't played well enough over the course of minutes. Simple as that. Yeah. Like, um, and it, well, it was just striking how we just fell to bits off that. I mean, um, the one thing that I noticed, Adam, especially, and so I was screaming at the whole game in the group chat, when I wasn't saying it was a fucking O'Neill disaster class in, in waiting. But um, it was straight out of that fucking era, honestly. Um, well, I just don't get why Cooper stuck about shape because the whole world could see, like, it wasn't working. Like, Lowe and Spence had no one to link up with up the flanks. You know, um, Spence was marked out of the game from the get-go and because he had <laughs> because he had no one to give it forward to. Um, and you could, and he stuck with it. The only change he made was in the eighth minute. What was it Sturridge for Davis? And you think, but that's still more of the same. Like, and of course, in the last ten minutes, they just overran us. Like, why do you think he stuck with that? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm drawn between. Did he think we had enough on the pitch to still go out and nick it, or was it that type of game where he thought we're a bit under the cosh, and if I change it, our press and then gonna kind of break us down? And they, they did. To be honest, they. Uh, is it Cameron Archer up top for Preston missed? A glorious scored. chance. Scored, um, yeah. Like I, I just think Horvath made himself big. I'm going to give him credit. <laughs> um, but I, to be fair, I think I think we are not giving credit to Preston and Rylo's team because I think they 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 did their homework. They nullified Spence quite well and nullified Johnson and got right into Davis every time the ball came into his feet he was just getting absolutely battered through the back of him or just kicked, but they weren't far, they weren't like enough for fouls or anything. And they just did really well. And I just think we needed to change something in our approach. Um, I mean, playing from the back wasn't that great because Preston pressed high. Um, Daniel Johnson was always right on like a callback or Yates's toes and was always trying to nick it. Um I just thought they they did they did they did their homework on us and I think we just needed to change our approach a bit. Like Davis needed to spin in a little bit more or get the ball to feet, lay it off and spin in and and run the channels a lot more and make their centre halves run and actually turn away the other way. We weren't doing that and it was easy for Preston. I thought they just lacked that cutting edge to really punish us and we got we got lucky in the end. I think uh, we, we can all agree on that. We 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 robbed a point really at, at um, Deepdale. Yeah, it was very much take a point and run, wasn't it? Like, it was yeah. no, don't look back, forget, don't look at it again, sort of thing. Just take, grateful that you've moved up one point in the pool. But, but, but yeah, touch, put, touching on your point, I don't understand why we didn't bring on Zinconago or Mighton or Lolly just to 
some impetus. When Surridge come on, he did look to run in behind. Yeah. And it did, and we created a little bit of space. And then obviously there's the guilt edge chance that Rita's already spoke about at the end. It's like, just someone get in there. It doesn't, <laughs> it's one of them, in it? You, you're always going to ruin it. It happened a couple of times yesterday, but luckily we, we took chances where we needed to and, and won the game comfortably. But yesterday, we uh, Tuesday night, sorry, was an opportunity to, to, to steer one it, but uh, it would have deserved it. So it doesn't bother me as much. No, actually, again, that's another point. I almost forgot about that. We had three wingers on the bench. We're crying out for width. He doesn't use it. I just, oh, I just found it so bizarre. Um, but one person who was, um, who did come in, Reese, I think it was quite funny actually, because we all sort of, um, well, we didn't personally, but you know, you'd have thought that, you know, he'd won his fucking forest contract in a raffle the way that Philip had to talk about him on Twitter, Horvath, before the game. It's that one mistake he made against Borough. And, but his distribution aside, I actually thought Horvath probably kept us in the game and, and probably the only reason why we left the point. Yeah, in both games, he's, he's done what, I wouldn't say he's been massively tested in either game. That that Archer chance was, Adam gave all that credit, fair enough, that was a, he's got to score that. Yeah. You know, I, I I couldn't imagine the reaction if Lewis Grabber missed that for Forrest. Um, would be probably talking about that as he finished and them sort of um, articles. But um, he's done what he's needed to do in both games. And it's, you know, we've got one more game at Sheffield United and it kind of, I guess, depends on what happens Friday night. Um, mm. We'll leave... If he does, you know, gets another clean sheet again or has another good game, it would it will leave Cooper um, a predicament. But personally, watching Horvath yesterday, just with his feet, he just looks. I don't want to be harsh, but he just looked so nervy yesterday, and I I just was like I said earlier on the Bristol City um, analysis. I just thought Bristol City at one point are just going to press him and and make a bit of a mistake, but. He did what he needed to do. I thought at Preston as well, at the end of the game, people were saying about his command of his area. There was a couple of really oh, good punches at the end. Yeah. You got quite um, a lot of meat punches, yeah. Yeah, for a crowd of bodies and got a good punch. But like I say, it's going to be a tough one for Cooper. But I do think, I guess it all depends on Friday. But it wouldn't surprise me if Samba comes straight back in, especially with being the FA Cup and Samba being the keeper for that you kind of think if he is a bit really keen on Horvath Cooper he might have played in the FA Cup games but we'll see we'll see but he's, he's not he's not done anything bad it's just Samba for me with how we want to play out from the back and stuff is a bit more composed on the ball for me personally No definitely I think I, what, what I will say is what we have seen I think is that Obviously, for those who didn't watch the cup games, I do think in terms of shot stopping, Horvath is pretty solid. And if you, yeah, if you, yeah, if you look at true. it from a base from a base level, he's a big, big upgrade on Jordan Smith. Oh, so yeah. So if you look at it from, so it's got to a point where, like, and as we've seen now, where in, if in future Samba gets suspended again or injured or whatever else, I don't think there's any reason reason for like you know panic or anything like that. Go, okay, Horvath's coming in, safe pair of hands is what it is. Uh, so, um, Lee, um, you mentioned it earlier about um, Yates' performance in a Preston game as to why he got dropped by Cooper. Um, it's fair to say that 
again, it was one of his more frustrating displays. I mean, there was there was one point in particular which really, really pissed me off towards the end of the first half was where a high ball came in or the flex came, a header came up. He's taken it down perfectly. He's ran forward the ball. He's taken it in his stride brilliantly. You think, fucking brilliant. Great. You know, the chance to spring it. He's got Spence and Johnson who have bombed up beyond him on the right-hand side. He's seen them. They're both viable passing options. He's put his foot on the ball, stopped, turned round, under-hit a ball back to McKenna, and they just pressed onto him and like nearly won the ball back and forced to throw it. And I just thought, you fucking... Like, like, it's things like that, which like we were talking about earlier. Like... Did Cooper really have much of a choice to drop him, really? I mean, it seemed pretty cut and dry after things like that. Yeah, he didn't have any choice. Um, you, you spot on what you're saying. I'll just add a little bit to that. The thing that really wound me up about that is um, he's played the ball back to McKenna and then he's actually pointed for McKenna to pass it where, as a midfield player, he should have just attempted the pass. I would have more respect for a midfield player if he had some, you know, use a bit of courage, a bit of determination to actually try and pick the pass out himself. If it goes sailing out for a throw-in, you kind of say, you know, better luck next time. But yeah. as a midfield player, James Garner would not... When do you ever see James Garner take a ball down out of the sky and then turn around and pass it back to Joe Worrell and say, oh, can you now pass it the winger, please? It, it just... No, it, I, I thought it was... It was a lot of steps backwards for Ryan Yates on Tuesday. It was a really, really poor performance. And to be fair, he will have been disappointed not seeing his name on the team sheet. So let's hope that, you know, he goes back to the sort of, you know, things he's been doing um, for us all to be singing his praises over the last couple of months. Because like you say, that's exactly what... I remember the Blackburn game at home uh, when it really turned toxic under Hewton. And that's what Yates was doing. He was getting the ball, getting into good positions. There'd be passes on ahead of him. And he's turning around and passing it at centre-half and then pointing for them to pass it where he should have passed it in the first place. Um, Lowering against Stoke as well in that away game. That's yeah, I mean, that's just, the, yeah. that's just the sort of things that he's got to cut out his game. And as a midfield player, he's got to have a bit more... Um, what's the word? Maybe bottle, Irish, I suppose. Ask, yeah, to, it's a bit more... Yeah, just, like, you know, I, I don't really like that word because I don't think... It, one thing that Ryan Yates never lacks is bottle, I suppose. But I think true. in terms yeah. of being a progressive midfield player, he, he perhaps does lack, yeah. Yeah, he, he perhaps lacks the courage to try the passes and hit the flanks himself a bit more, which he probably is capable of doing. But I mean, We've seen him do it. I mean, if you look at um, remember the Bristol City away game, which we won, um, you know, with the last-minute jubilation, it was yeah. his ball to Spence that won the penalty. He completely cut the defence in half. You know, it was a, yeah. a good ball out wide. He can do it. I just, I, oh, I just found... I just, he's just so... A bit of an enigma, almost. He's so bizarre in terms of, like, um, you know, just... It's been better this season. Like, we won't keep going into it. because I, I, I'm wondering if he's, like, lost a tiny bit of confidence because he got dropped... For the Stoke game, so mm. then he came back and scored. It, like he proved his yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 an odd one because like like you're saying, like when one Cooper come in, he started doing things that you never seen before. Like I remember me and Reese at QPR away, and you you Christian there, he played yeah. like a 35 yard, 40 yard diag to Johnson like on the <laughs> run, and I was like, blimey. So yeah, it, didn't, it, didn't, it was like on Tuesday he was getting the ball and chested it down. You go, this is an unusual Ryan age, but then he would then continue to do something utterly random like mm. it was yeah I, I agree with Lee like just just play the ball like we're not gonna like no football fan will slag you off for like trying not trying something uh 
like you should be trying basically yeah <laughs> it was just also but, as well had he like passed it up the pitch and say the defender had got it on, on it was on the halfway line like we mm. still had the shape back to win the ball back you know if we needed to it wasn't like he was passing across his penalty box and scoring you know it, it was no real risk about it. it was more risk in doing what he did and taking a step and turning and like doing his little clinging impression yeah. like uh, I, don't, I don't want to make this like a ryan yates slagging off podcast yeah. because he wasn't the only one that was poor Tuesday night. Yeah, there was no, he a, was. There, was a, very there was a clutch of players that the, were the, the old team. The old team was poor at Preston. The only one who could come out and say, don't worry, was probably Horvath. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I everyone mean, else was lower. Like, five or lower I would say, like, the back, the back three weren't utterly awful. I mean, we gave up yeah. a couple of chances but for Archer. Even then, they protected Horvath horrendously at times. Like, the way Archer got through for that yeah, chance, Archer that won, should yeah. never have happened. Like, they yeah. all just mm. stepped up and he just stays still and just ghosts in between them. It should never have happened. Yeah. Like, it was just a, yeah, across the board, a really, really poor performance. Although, however, as we've touched on, we still could have won it at the end when Spence gets the only chance he has the whole game. He puts the ball across the box and no one gambles. Um, Adam, I mean, Surely, just throw your body at it. Whoever, just run and throw your body at it. If you miss, fine. But just at least try and get on the end of that. Surely. I mean, where, where was like the Jimmy Bullard tumble of like gold mouth scrambles? <laughs> Do you remember that famous that famous clip yeah. that he does? Like just, just yeah, just run in and just throw your body at it. Um, it's unfortunate, isn't it? You'd thought, thought someone like like Surridge would have been in in the box. I mean, mm. this is something that I. I mean, I've really liked Keenan Davis um, since he's come in. He offers something a bit different. Um, big, strong lad, can run with the ball and everything. But he's not selfish enough, which is a weird thing to say about a striker. Yeah, like uh, yesterday, he had the chance where he won the ball. That he, he looked knackered when he went and won that ball. But he could have had a chance to shoot. And me and Reece said that if it was a grab and he'd shoot. And, and mm. instead, he passed it across the box unselfishly. And we, we, it was a great tackle by by Callas, I think it was at centre half for Bristol, but he needs to get in between the posts a lot more because that's where like all strikers are scoring their goals. You look at Gabon, he, he barely scores outside the box. It's it's like a, a, a lunar eclipse when he does. Um, <laughs> so I just think that's something that Davis needs to be a bit more in his game. But I do like his link up play. Like that's it's not a, it's not a massive criticism, but. I just think sometimes we could do get the ball out wide and just like whipping one into him sometimes. It just offers, it just gives them a little bit more to think about. No, it's very true. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've, like I said before, like I, it's a classic, you know, you can make that run 50 times a game and get nothing. So 49 times a game and get nothing. But the ones, the 50th time, you will get something. Like it's just how, like, it's how poachers get their goals, you know. Um, and grabbers of, I, I, I agree with you on what you've all said. I think had that been grabbing on the pitch, we probably win that game 1 0. Completely unjust, but he would have been in that position to score. Um, like he was at Millwall, for example, like when he ran in there. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, to quote a famous Forest manager, um, and yeah, we've taken four points from a possible six, which is you know, we all have taken that, especially, um, yeah, so four points from six. Two points a game average, we'll move on. Um, obviously, at this stage, we would have spoken about uh, the Bournemouth game uh, last Friday. However, it appears that um, some satellite array falling off the top of the stands meant that the whole ground was at risk of collapse, So, um, at, which is absolute nonsense. Um, but So, yeah, that got postponed and it's been uh, rearranged for the last week of the season. Um, but interestingly, and I don't know if you're going to 
Poppins list, feel free to. Um, but in between the Preston game and the um, yeah, Bristol City game, I said, yeah, there was one of those fan meetings with Cooper. And, um, you know, and it was all very done quite quietly again, sort of everyone submitted, no one's announced that they got anything. It was all very quiet, but that's fine. That's to be expected. You know, football clubs are state media. They want the best for them and nothing else. That's fine. But um, what got me was, you know, I saw quite a few, it turned out to be a bit of a, an advert for the Forest Trust, Sports Trust, which is just absolute nonsense. I mean, <laughs> let's put it this way. What did the Trust say about a Bournemouth game, for example, when fans are there at three o'clock, four o'clock, and they haven't said a word. And, you know, if you look at, like, follow up from what Dan said in the pod the other, um, the other week, when have the, the, the trusts pushed on the training grounds? When have the trusts pushed on the stadium developments? When have the trusts pushed to get hot water back in the toilets at city ground because it's just cold and taps don't work? You never, all they say is, oh, but we spoke to Randall once. It's like, yeah, with three approved questions. Like, for, all, if, for anyone listening who... You know, once to join the trusts, don't put your money towards a program, put your money towards pre-match pint, whatever. You're you're better off spending it that way, or even fucking burning it, than giving it to a trust because they're useless. They are completely and utterly fucking useless. Like that, um, that's me being polite. They just just don't do it. Like they just, it's just a complete waste of everyone's time. And until we have a trust that actually holds the club to account, isn't lip service for it then don't get involved because it's just completely and utterly pointless. And the Bournemouth game, all the barkle that came from that was a perfect example of that because they should have been there banging the drum early doors and said, look, it's a red um, weather warning. Don't bother going. It's going to get postponed. We'll do something about it. Not a single peep from them the whole weekend. Like, obviously, on the one hand, you can say, yeah, it's stupid. You're taking, you're taking a huge risk traveling down in 70 mile an hour winds, of course. On the other hand... They haven't had any indication that it's not going to be postponed. So, um, yeah, if you think about the trust, don't. If you're from the trust, I don't care. Don't. Um, <laughs> as for you guys, uh, I don't know. What, what's your thought on it? Because it's, I, I think it's quite a, a prominent topic. Because it's asked me, you know, it's my football club as much as it's your football club. <laughs> the problem with any, I think, problem in life, when, well, in football, if the football team's doing well on the pitch, these issues get put to the back burner um, when they're doing badly like it was on the Hewton. You know, they come up to the fore. That's just the way it goes. Whether you disagree or agree with that, that is how it is in football. You've seen that West Ham are the prime example. Of course, it was yeah. It was GSBR when there was mid-table in the Prem. Nah, they're on the cusp of the Champions League, it's like... Ooh. Same with United, green and gold, yeah. they go and buy half a million yeah. pounds on players and suddenly they're gods. And by, Ren- by Ronaldo yeah. and it's all, all, all their br- brilliant Viva Ronaldo and all this. So, yeah, I mean, this is coming from someone who, you know, his partner did complain early on in the season. And, you know, again, if people agree with that rightly or wrongly, if you don't, if you're not willing to say anything, nothing's going to change. Um you can't fault Forrest on the pitch, you really can't. Um, but off the pitch, it would be... It'd be nice if they could, if they did communicate with fans more. I know Steve Cooper set up these fans' forums, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's hard now because people be like, oh, you're bitter because you've not won an invite. But it's not it, can't, it was a bit... It was, it was, a, it was a bit like... Usually, usually, kind of see on Twitter, like you usually see 
that someone's got an invite and they go in and someone will put it. And it was if like it was very hush hush. But and to be honest, I've not even I've not even bothered to watch the video because if it's just questions really about to Steve Cooper about, you know, what's the atmosphere and that like, I'm not really what yeah, do you think of Mullick and Yeah, I am forced. Go, it's terrible, is it? Like, yeah, I am forced, but I'm not like overly forced. Um, you know, it's it's like I seen um, you know Greg Mitchers who is in Forza. He put a picture of a sausage roll up on Twitter today from the catering. It looked like it had been cooked. It looked like a triple cooked chip. It it was like, and I just thought. But to be fair, what what I will. You know, Dane Murphy coming late in the summer, and his first thing was would be to get us playing right on the pitch, of course, and yeah. he has done that. We've obviously bringing his man in with Cooper, but I'm hoping in pre-season they can just improve like the communication, like the you were saying, the, 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 yeah, the to- the toilets, and you know, people will probably say we're being like picky, but <laughs> you know, you can't moan and then not say anything and just run along with it. it it would it would be nice if we could hear like updates about you know the, the stand and it's just a shame they're a little bit hush hush for us but I just think the thing you is, though, if you have a strong trust, they should be asking these questions every yeah, week. They should, yeah. And they should be they saying, should. we still haven't had an answer. And keep, and you bang that drum yeah. until they do. I mean, you got to the point, yeah. I mean, you mentioned obviously um, your instance or your partner's instance this, uh, earlier this season. So basically, the club are saying, if you bang a drum loud enough on Twitter, they'll respond to it. So, the support to, 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 I mean, I mean, to be that. F- it's like your fucking job to do that. Like, to be fair, with with, with that, the, it wasn't the club who cleaned it. It was a, basically for a friend. We, I mean, we never heard anything from Forest, and to be honest, we was like inundated with local media. But we just said it in the evening post when like Radio Nottingham wanted us to come on and that, and we didn't do it because we just didn't. It was like a few accusations and that what fly about and all oh, you're doing it for this and that, but. I just want the club to, you know, we've got, I always like to get, to, we've got to a certain level and I think, right, now what can we do to carry on improving? You know, Man, Man City, who are the best team in the world probably, will do that. They'll think, right, we've won the Premier League, actually, we, what can we do this year to improve as a club? Every club will, what's run well, will think about that. Mm. So hopefully in the summer with a bit more time and that, it is something that can you know, improve on, like you say, the Christian, the fan experience. You're not having, like, running hot water in the toilets and that, especially, you know, with coming out of a pandemic and that. You just think, come on, mm. you know. I know the we all love the city ground and that, you know, with the character. We don't want one of these soulless bowls. But the sooner it gets a little bit of TLC, which it needs, the better. Because, like we said to Dan on the last pod, that, that main stand, as much as it, is rocking on a cup night and that because all us lower Bridgeford like go in there and make it good. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it does, it does, it does hold Forest back as a club. It really does. Like you, you seen like, you know, the studio at the end was still up yesterday at the end of the game. It's like, you know, every other club who's aspires to be a Premier League club and are in the Premier League have got like it in the stand and that and, you know, that, that would really be a, Massive string to Forest Bow when they can get that main stand if it happens because the ground looks superb, then it really would be a bit really of cl- yeah. cleanliness and that elsewhere. But in the meantime, obviously, you know, again, you're basically asking 
like the blind to lead the blind basically and fucking support well, I, so I think a complete it, waste of time I think it's become apparent the trust are just you know puppets really aren't into the board happy clappers um, you know I've, I've seen people debate it online and that and I've even thought at times I even kind of think myself you know shall I you know look at you know joining and trying to it goes through your mind that because you just want the best for the football club you, and you want yeah. you want happy fans and you want like again you said Christian people to enjoy the experience at the city ground I know the first priority of that is winning the games but you know just a bit other things to be better would be nice that's why yeah. I do it really joining the chant of uh, Forest and Magic on and off the pitch because it's too ironic, isn't it? I think it's just a bit hypocritical, really. Like, I, I, I personally think they don't really... Yeah, they're inviting fans to these forums, but they're not going to allow people to ask hard questions. Like, no, can you won't. imagine... I, I would like to see a fan forum where you've got maybe Nick Randall there yeah, with Steve Cooper and Dane Murphy, and you say to him, if we do not go up, does this bloke have a job at the end of it, right? And I don't care that he sat there. Give him reassurances, because then, like, it's it almost like you know what you're building towards, you know what you want to do. There's a plan, there's a clear execution of where we're going to go within the playing squad and everything else, because we know full well... Every one of us, whoever's listening, if you're not listening, it doesn't matter. We know that if we do not go up, half of this team is going. What are we going to do about it? I would like to know what, what's our plan. And there is a slight plan because we've seen what we're doing in the transfer window. Like we brought in Larry. I know we've not seen him, in, but we've Jonathan Panzo. Obviously, sorry, just come in. We were linked with Bowler, Wallace and players that are that will suit our playing style, etc. But you want to know what's... If Cooper goes on a bad run, is he going to keep his job? Because uh, historically, he wouldn't. So they're the things that I would like to know. But are the club going to answer it if a fan like hers come and ask it? And I don't think they would because it's too much like, well, you said this and now it's not happened. And now I'm like, well, I'm not going to give you my custom no more because you're lying. <laughs> it's just like one of them. That's why they would never do it. That's why you would never hear of like the average Joe on Twitter, who is a diehard Forest fan and puts their hard-earned money into the club going home and away, then they're not going to invite him because they will ask the hard question. You imagine asking someone who goes home and away. They will not get invited to that. And they're probably the people that should get first priority. It's not going to happen. I I completely agree with you. I I don't hold it against the club for for what it's worth. I I completely see why I do that. And like I said, football clubs, as me and Lee know full well, are basically state media. You know, if you look at read a match report on a club website after a game, it wouldn't matter if they've lost a the game four 0 or won the game four 0 It'll be incredibly one sided. That's just how they are, and because they only they're only in it for their own self interest. It's just how it is. But uh, like you said, I'd, I'd like to see Cooper ask something other than, "Do you get goosebumps when you hear Mull of Kintyre before kickoff?" Like I'd actually want to him to say like, you know, I, and it's all when a good thing. Oh, you know, he feels it. Like I'd want someone to say to him, "Why didn't you change the shape against Preston?" And it's, he's all well and good going, oh, you know, he feels it like we did. I'm sure he does. You know, I want him to say it for us for a long, long time. But if you know, it's like I said, it's, as the great man Brian Clough said, football belongs for everyone. Like it's our football club. We deserve to know certain things. So yeah. it'd be nice to just have Murphy and Randall there. I'm not yeah. too fussed about Coop because then I know Cooper's the front of house as as a manager, but you know, Randall and you know, and even Johnny Owen, who's on the board as well, and Murphy will will know really what 
the what is the club's vision going for? You know, if Cooper doesn't get promotion this season in the playoffs this season, what is it next season we're looking to go up, or is it the season after? It would be it would be nice, but you know, you can't. The problem with I think social media and forest is you can't, you know, constructive criticize too much, or you get perceived as if you're negative. So with us playing well and you know winning games and being in the contention what we are you kind of just have to suck it up and that's kind of what our life is into really um, if you're a little bit out of the falling in line it's you're a bit controversial so you know just the way it goes I think I, I think I'd agree with that Reese. to be fair I think as much as Steve Cooper comes across as a top top man and I, d- I don't think it's a front I think he is genuinely a nice bloke yeah, yeah, he is, to, yeah. Be honest, to be honest he's a, he's a really good manager as well and he's from where this club was six months ago he's done already done you know keep your Rooney as your manager of the season I think Darren Ocker we had a point to drag us with yeah. one point to within well, on the cusp of a playoff place, to even get us in the playoff, what, three days that we were there, and it's not even March yet, absolutely ridiculous. But we listened to him talk to the media all the time. And to me, I just felt that some of the questions that were asked the other night, he's been asked before. He's been, he's been asked in the media, he's been asked by the press, he's been asked in pre-match press conferences, like you've just said, Adam. I, I think it'd be great to know, with the squad being decimated, I think it'd be great to know what... You know, he might give an answer that's very similar to um, if you're going to ask Cooper, he's going to say, Oh, yeah, plans are in place behind the scenes. But Murphy, and even if they had a recruitment guy there, they might be able to give us a bit more, shine a bit more light on that. And I think those sort of nights would be more appealing to me as much as it'd be great to, you know, chew the fact with Steve Cooper about how wonderful Nottingham Forest is. I think those nights would be more appealing to me if Dave Murphy was there, if like you say, Reese, Johnny Owen was there. If uh, Nick Randall was there, so yeah, I think Cooper's great, but he, he's answered a lot of these questions before, and we're kind of just going round in circles with a fan forum every time with Steve Cooper. No, it's, it's very true. Yeah, in, I, I do agree. Like, obviously, although as we've seen, uh, thanks to the trust, the only way you'll get Nicholas Randall in the rooms with pre-approved questions. So. Hmm. that's one for another day I guess um, anyway we'll move we'll digress quite massively from our little plan but um, we'll go back to it so um, yeah on a more lighter more positive topic as opposed to our club being uh, spoken dag- uh, spoken mirrors behind closed doors um, you may have seen that the Masters are back uh, they're going to be airing again obviously so you know six aside heroes of yesteryear going to gather like together in some arena somewhere near you and you'll see I don't know Darren Gibson launched some of his trademark rockets from range on <laughs> United B team. But, you know, Master's Question is all good and fun, in all jokes aside. You know, it's, it's very good to watch. It's, it's a good laugh. And um, it's a good chance to see some of your heroes, if you like, still show they've still got it in a closed, confined space. So our question to you uh, was, what is your dream six-a-side Forest team? However, you can only pick players who are retired from the year 2000, so 2000 onwards. So... I don't want the Miracle Man team because I'm pretty sure if you put the Miracle Man team out now, they probably wouldn't do very well purely because they're all in their seventies. So <laughs> we'll start with um, uh, uh, G. Reese. He says, "Big Norms, Dawson, uh, Walker, Cohen, Reedy, and Harewoods." It's a very strong one. That uh, Premiership polls has uh, got the defensive choices, but Tommy Wright, Vance Vaughan, Carl Tyler, Steve Pavlik, Chris Allen and Nigel Quasi. Very, very 90s. I'm sure that would go down a street. Right. Um, 
<laughs> Metal's gone. Crossley, Dawson, Morgan, Cohen, Reed, and Earnshaw. Uh, Malcolm Heron went Crossley, Walker, Pierce, Keane, Roy, and Collymore, which, you know, great choice. But as we've said, can't see him lasting 35 minutes of that age. Um, Emma's gone. DeFries, Brecken, Morgan, Cohen, Earnshaw, and very controversially, uh, Judas Commons. Uh, Jono's gone for Ward, Louis Jean, Dawson, Reed, McGugan. If he's officially retired, if not Gareth Williams and Earnshaw. Uh, Fleet's gone Paul Smith, Ian Brecken, Paul Anderson, Rob Earnshaw, Paul McKenna, and Chrissy Cohen. Uh, Gareth Roberts has got, oh, no, hang on. Nope. Yeah, Darren Cross has gone. He had someone in there who's now since who's still playing. Uh, so he's gone for the uh, Freese, Dawson, Pierce, Reed, Cohen, and Earnshaw. And I think that is. Oh, and Ryan's gone for Jordan Smith. No, he's not. I'm not reading now. Um, they're all still playing for a start. So, um, so yeah, thanks for everyone. Thanks for getting involved and getting it. That's a very, really fun question. I thought that. And uh, big thanks to Simpsons NFSC for prompting us to pick up for that one. So, what is, we'll start, uh, go, go, we'll do like a round robin sort of thing here. What is um, your Master Six Society team you could pick tomorrow? So, Reese, we'll start with you. I imagine there'll be quite a similar theme, mostly. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I've gone <laughs> um, Doris de Vries in goal. I just don't know why I've just got this affection towards Doris de Vries. Um, it's probably because I, I met him at the 150th dinner, what Fawaz was meant to come and never turned up to. And he was just such a nice guy, but he was also a, a very good goalkeeper. Mm. But I, I, I think he was crucial in the um, the Osborne game. You know, it was one nil down under caution. I remember he made a, re- a brilliant save, which deflected and he pushed it over the bar, and he kind of like stared at the rest of the team as if to like say, like, you know, this is actually a derby, lads. Um, and to and to be fair, when the season when Ollie Burke was sold, it, we lost him on the first game of the season, and then we had a problem with goalkeepers all season. I think Henderson, Stojkovic, and ended up with Jordan Smith in the end. So he was a big loss that season as well. Um, I've gone for like a 2-2-1, um, but I've, st- I've stuck in someone from the first season in there. The, well, both from, from the first season, the season to go. So Matthew Louis-John, um, yeah. um, probably the first kind of right wing back we saw at Forest, I guess, from the 2000s era. Um, stuck in with Michael Dawson at the back. You know, Dawson can pick a pass, not got much pace, never had much pace, but is a leader into Dawson and um and then just kind of picks it yourself and Chris Cohen and Andy Reid in midfield. Um I know Reed's put on a bit of timber nowadays. He, he was always um <laughs> not the you know lightest football in the world, but I'm sure he can still pick a pass with that wand of a left foot. And I'm sure Chris Cohen can still run an absolute marathon with like he used to when he was fit. Striker one was tough because I'd narrowed it down to Harewood Johnson and Earnshaw, like like we we spoke about him a while ago on the pod. Um as best striker from the two thousands. Obviously Britain Graven is still playing. So I've gone I've gone with Earnshaw. Um yeah I've gone I've gone with him because he was just a great finish one to Earnshaw. I don't think Marlon could really get his acceleration up dead fast on um, a master's pitch, to be honest. So <laughs> I've, I've I've gone with Ernie. So that's my six. De Vries, Louis, John Dawson, Cone, Reed, Earnshaw. 
strong sides. Uh, Lee, what's yours? Right, mine, mine is slightly different, I've got to be honest. Um, <laughs> so I went, I didn't want to go with all the obvious ones here. Um, okay. So I've gone for like kind of a mix of players I've enjoyed seeing play and ones who I think would be really good at six aside. Um, okay. So I anticipated that we'd probably all pick De Vries. So I've gone for Paul Gerrard instead in goal. Gerard. Really enjoyed him. I thought he was good for us at the time. Um, he was a decent keeper, yeah. Got across his line pretty quick as well, which you need in Masters. So I went with him. At the back, I've gone for John Terry. Oh, that's a shout. Um, we, we have to try and I, I am literally play, I'm only playing one defender, so I need someone who's pretty intelligent, reads the game well, and will also put his body on the line. So I've gone John Terry as my only defender. And then in midfield, I've gone for Ricky Schimmicker, just because very unsung in that uh, it's always Johnson and Huckabee and Harewood that get spoken about from that playoff season. So I've gone for the unsung hero of that team um, alongside Chrissy Cohen in midfield. Nice, yeah. Both capable of dropping back and helping JT out. Um, <laughs> like a little double pivot in there. And then up front, I've gone for Earnshaw, similar to Reese. Um and I've also gone for Darren Huckabee. Um, bit of pace up front. Um, yeah, and I think he, he strikes me yeah. as the sort that goes and plays six aside every week, Darren Huckabee does. I, um, I can believe that, yeah. I see him goals yeah, so, that. Yeah. So I've gone for him for a bit of uh, six aside expertise. So Paul Gerrard, John Terry, Ricky Schimmicker, Chris Cohen, Robert Earnshaw and Darren Huckabee. <laughs> Decent side, that's pretty fair. Um, Adam, what was your pick? Um, yeah, pretty pretty similar. Um, I mean, I've got one wild card, obviously. I've, I've got two. Uh, Doris DeVries in goal. Uh, Wes Morgan, because uh, I know for a fact, I'm pretty sure him and Julian Bennett play down at Power League. So they're definitely going to be on it. So him and Julian Bennett at the back. Uh, Reed and Earnshaw in there. And then my wild card, who I've he only just found out he and tired. I mean, I want a David Vaughan because obviously he'd be absolutely he'd be mint, but he still plays like non-league football. But I've gone for Jamal Abdoon, and I. Yeah, so, he has. <laughs> um, why? It's meant to be a fun tournament, guys. Like you love, you just got to have some flair, haven't you? You got to have a guy who's going to do keep keep up in like the corner of the ice arena, um, and then just get smashed because <laughs> it's just like by Roy Keenan from the Man United one or something stupid. It's like, what are you doing, dickhead? <laughs> So yeah, that's my team. Uh, I've, um, yeah, very entirely entertaining box office value. I've gone for um, very similar to most deals we've had. I've gone for De Vries in goal. Um, I've gone for Dawson and Morgan at the back. Solidity, just solidity. Get in the way, get the blocks in, solid. Uh, in the midfield, I've gone for Cohen and Reed. Obviously, Cohen can drop back in either side if he needs to to help them out, and Reed can just float, do what he does. The Irish Maradona is what he is. And then up front, I've gone for Earnshaw. So it's not a very tall uh, attacking unit, but when they lack in height, they bring in finesse and glory. So I think that would be a, good, a solid Masters League team. So yeah, that was our pick. And anyway, last but not least, um, comes to our predictions time. Uh, we've got three games between our next pod again. Uh, quite a regular habit this. They are Sheffield United away on Friday night, live on Sky. Huddersfield at home in the Cup, uh, live on ITV4 on Monday. And then Reading at home, again, you have to pop down to sit ground for that one. So, Reese, your predictions for those three games. Three very big games as well. I mean, you're not going to get many bigger, are you, than the first one? Um, you know, because 
as well with the positions of both clubs, we do have a little bit of a rivalry with Sheffield United. Um, real tough, really, really tough. Um, I'm going to get, I think that will be a very, very tight game, that, and it wouldn't surprise me if it's just a damp squid. So I'm going to go for a nil-nil at that game. Um, yeah, because that, that is a really tough one. If, if we can go there and at least get a minimum of a point, I think that's a good result. Absolutely. It, it, yeah. with, with them just um, above, I think they're just above us, aren't they, Chef? Yeah. Um, you just really wouldn't want to lose to them at minimum, especially with who they are and that as well. Um, Huddersfield in the FA Cup. <laughs> Christ. Um that's gonna that again is tough. You know, Huddersfield are on a terrific run. The, the it's a it's a shame it doesn't seem like I'm not sure if it's close to being sold out enough or not, which would would be a shame if they couldn't fill it because I know it they aren't Leicester and Arsenal, but for Forest to get to a quarter final would be absolutely massive for a generation of fan, you know, like ourselves. Um, and, and what the good thing about runs is they do have to come to an end at some point so yep. as, mu- as much as Huddersfield doesn't look like it is at the minute I've just got a funny feeling that it's just going to go all the way and go to Panos because it'd just be so we're, they, they we're very very close in terms of his ability and <laughs> you might not agree with that Christian but at the minute they, they are you know they are Looking good as a field, they look solid. They look solid and organised. So it's going to be hard to break them down. It, that first goal could be crucial that night. If we get the first goal, I think we could turn them over. But it, you know, if they get that first goal like they did um, in the league game, it might be a tough night. So yeah, I'm going to go all the way and go one-one um, for that one. And yeah. Praying we can beat them on penalties. <laughs> I mean, hopefully we can beat them in normal time. But and then the Reading game. Yeah, you've got to be winning that. Um, I'm not never say ex- I never say expect, but I think should is the right word to use because in this division we've seen crazy division this crazy league, haven't we? You'd have thought Borough would have gone to Barnsley yesterday and be three 0 down after an hour, I think it was. So yeah, we've got to be looking to beat Reading at home. They concede a lot of goals. The only disappointing thing is probably gives Paul Lynch another couple of weeks with them on the training ground, but we'll see if he's a fraud or not. So, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll beat them. Um, if, yeah, I'm going to go for the same as yesterday, 2-0, um, you know, same as a British sure. City game. And if we can get four points out of the league games and get in the next round of the cup, that would be superb. That'd be a good return, that. Yeah. Uh, Lee, what about you? Um, I think we might be Sheffield United. I don't know why. I just think winning yesterday has got everyone's... Uh, Spirits back up. Um, that that run we've got at Bramall Lane's wretched, uh, and it's got to come to an end at some point. So, optimistic, head on the block, two-one win for Forest. Um, Huddersfield, nice. I tend to agree, Reese. I think I've said in every round so far. I think it'll go to penalties. I think the Huddersfield game might be when I cash in. Um, I think it might have a few more goals in though. So maybe two-two. Um, Forest will win four-three on penalties. Nice. Um, and then Reading, yeah, we should be Reading. Um, I, I think if we want to get into the playoffs, we're at the situation where we can't really afford to drop too many more points at home now. Um, I think if 
bloody hell, if we could win all of our home games, it would go a long way to helping us get into those playoffs. Um, certainly the Reading game is one we've got to win. Um, so I'll go for, I think it'll be KG again though, because their first 11 isn't that bad. Um, I'll go for 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one, Forest, three wins. All right, cheers. Um, Adam, finally, your predictions. Um, so insider information from a Sheffield United season ticket holder has told me that um, it'll be a big game if they can get 11 players on the pitch. So I, I did try to follow up, but he's not responded to me. So I assume they've either got injuries, suspensions or, or whatever. But hmm. that kind of gives me a little bit of hope that we might go there uh, and, and do them over. So I'm going to, on that basis, I'm going to go for a 2-1 emphatic win at Bramall Lane, uh, which will get everyone hopes up, won't it? Um, Monday against Huddersfield. <laughs> Your favorite Since team. I've slandered them, they've been really good, and that's like really infuriating <laughs> me because I still like because I I mean I've even seen on Twitter like saying like I don't know anyone that's gave Huddersfield any credit for all their run that they've been on. Um, I think we'll beat. <laughs> I think we'll beat them. Um, I think it's such a good chance for us to get in the quarterfinals, like, and then obviously draw a massive mm. team again. Um, so. I just think home advantage. I think if we play like we did against them in the league game, but actually stick our chances away, I think we win 3 um, 1 yeah. against them. And then Reading, really? we, sh- we should beat them. I've, one of the clubs that I've, I've got no no feeling for, like if they go down to League One, League Two, I care less. So um, I think it'll start off Cajun. I think once we get one, the, the floodgates will open. Um, I mm. think we'll be in 4 1. But I wouldn't be shocked to see it like I wouldn't be shocked to see it be a bit of like a damp squid game and a bit flat like yesterday and it be kind of routine. And I'll take that because if we can like rest players while they're on the pitch, then that's always mm. a plus, isn't it? No, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with what's come um, before the final straight. Um so yeah, I'll go with I think we're gonna beat Sheffield United. I think we'll win one nil. Um, it'll be Sam Surridge in the 94th minute and we're all going mental um, no I, I've just got a feeling we're gonna, I don't know why I've just got a feeling we're going to win that game um, Huddersfield I completely agree with you Adam I think if we play if it's a repeat performance of the City Ground League game we win that 3 or 4-1 comfortably um, we just I don't know for reasons beyond my comprehension we just were so profligate that day and it still hurts um, I still think we'll finish above them in the league as well um, so yeah Forrest will win that uh, free one. Then the worry is for me is because we keep having this in three game weeks where the first two are really good, or well, we do win the first two. Like uh, you know, think you know, obviously Arsenal derby, and then we laboured against was it Cardiff, wasn't it? And then we had um, what's it Leicester and Blackburn, and then we laboured against Stoke. Uh, obviously, much like yesterday, we should be beating Reading if we want any chance at all finishing the top six. However because they are so bad at the minute, even though they've got a good 11 on paper, I think that if we do come into it quite sluggish, we will still leave with something just because they don't have it in them. I think Reading will win, that will get their points at home if they're going to stay up. They won't get anything on the road. So, yeah, I fancy Forrest to win that. Same as yesterday, 2-0. So three wins, and then we'll go into another crunch phase of the season but in good shape it's in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup wouldn't that be nice anyway, um, thank you all for listening and if you're, from, if you're from the Forest Trust and you're offended by what we say I don't give a fuck um, see you all next time take care goodbye away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home advantage of McDelivery you win? 
Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.